I'm the one that's supposed to know things, but yeah. I don't know anything. Yeah. You look around the room and you realize, oh, well, I'm supposed to make this call. It's me. Welcome to the Make Something Where You Are podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Houghton, in the throes of allergies, which is true most of the time. Hey, I also host the Mystery Hour, a late night talk show. It's on TV that we started with no understanding of what we were doing. And now we've grown it to know some of the things that we're doing. Today, I'm interviewing Dante Lasavita, an incredible custom woodworking. I had, listen, I had an excellent father growing up, but I have never seen that man hold a tool, ever. So I can do some handy things now because of YouTube. I always describe it as a handy father I never had. This is not about YouTube, but here are some great sponsors. First up is Old Missouri Bank. It's always there to help you make something right here in Springfield. It's your locally owned community bank for futures made brighter, banking made better. Visit oldmissouribank.com for more information about how we can help you go for it from right here in Springfield. All right, and it's also brought to you by The Coffee Ethic. The Coffee Ethic has always lived by the simple principle of cup, people, earth. Dedicated to the art and science of brewing, The Coffee Ethic simply knows how to create a great cup of coffee. I have had lots of their cups of coffee an inordinate amount. Now offering a subscription service, you can get Coffee Ethic Coffee coffee delivered right to your door each month. Learn more at thecoffeeethic.com and type in the promo code MAKESOMETHING at checkout for 15% off a delicious coffee subscription. All right, let's get into this with Dante. Dante is a friend of mine, and we spent plenty of time discussing the ins and outs of going for it and of small business, marketing, crowdfunding, exchanging advice, though we both don't feel like we know what we're doing. Dante created the 1906 Gents, a custom woodworking company. I also was in a commercial forum for an offshoot brand he made called Brawl Soap. I respect Dante's business and his approach towards life of pursuing a dream and family at the same time. I've said from the beginning, not to everyone here, but to people around me, that I, I want this podcast to be entrepreneurship, small business, that sort of stuff, but not entirely that. And I'm only kind of interested in success. I'm also interested in like, what are all the elements of like kind of going for it? And so one of them is like kind of that balance and also is like doubt. So like success stories are great, but they kind of like uh, cover over the doubt you feel. So Dante came over to my house and we talked about kind of that life balance and being a father and about uh, doubt wrestling. All right, here he is, Dante Lasavita. It's Lasavita. Lasavita, sorry. There's a very boring story behind that, but what is it? It's uh, I've been saying it wrong, basically. <laughs> it was easier for people to say, so my grandfather uh, changed it. He opened for Barry Manilow with his orchestra. He oh what? He, yeah, your grandfather yeah, opened yeah, for Barry yeah, Manilow yeah, with orchestra. his orchestra. And uh, he was he's a piano player. Um, and whoever his name was too ethnic so they made him change it to teddy angelo so <laughs> and i thought my grandpa you know he, so he told stories so i'm like all right whatever grandpa barry manilow sure nope he pulls out all these new teddy angelo <clears throat> opens for barry manilow <laughs> and then he's like well it's you know it doesn't matter because that's not even how you say your last name so I, i'm like 23 at this point he's like no you say it it's pronounced la Vida. And he's like, it's not even our last name. He's like, it literally means the city. 
He's like, so when we came over to Ellis Island, you were like, blah, 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 from the blah, blah, they took La Vida and wrote it down. Wow. So I don't know. There's probably some truth to that, but. Oh, so back in the home country, it was a different last name? Oh, yeah. Totally different last name. And then they're like, we're going to call you the, the city? They're, they just, he was like, we're from the city, and the dude wrote down La Vida. That's his story. Whoa. So La Vida is not even, yeah, but it's pronounced La Vida. It'd be fun to find out the truth on family lore yeah yeah um all right so generally speaking you have 1906 gents yes sir so let's explain what that is first uh it's basically a uh, woodworking company that is just focused on design and production so we like to make things that everyone uses but add a uh design feature to them that makes them more pleasurable to use or more enjoyable to use rather to use and to look at i imagine yeah and you know we everything we wanted to make with more quality so we don't we don't cut corners with some of the products for cost you know we put what we use only hardwoods and uh we just we make them with the intention of like this is the last one you're gonna buy yeah yeah, and that part of that's alluded to in the name. What's the what's the origin of the name? Oh, uh, 1906 uh, was the year that Theodore Roosevelt established the Antiquities Act that preserved um, all the national parks mm-hmm. across America. To and it was this that was his quote was to stand for generations to come. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the first national monument actually is Devil's Tower. Theodore Roosevelt went out there and was very inspired, and that was part of his whole thing. Where he's like, we we have to we have to preserve this for <clears throat> everyone else in the future. Mm-hmm. And I just we we visited it as a family, and uh, you know, on our trip to Yellowstone, and I just that's just stuck with me that whole trip, like to stand for generations to come. I was like, that just that meant so much. Like we wanted to make things that did that, and that was early on. I mean, we didn't even have five basic designs. <laughs> you know, yeah. we didn't really even know what we wanted to do, but I just I knew we wanted to do it with that passion. So you like the depth of that first. Oh, man, it was incredible. I mean, yeah, even now, it's like I don't even want to do stuff in my daily life without, like, is this going to last? Yeah. Does this this have any merit, you know? So um, what were you doing at the time that this, the idea came to you professionally? Oh, I did social work for about 15 years at that point. Um or actually 13 years, and then I I did it for another another two years after. Um, got a bachelor's degree in psychology. Like, literally nothing to do with what I'm doing now. Absolutely mm. nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, I worked for the, the city. Uh, contracted to, uh, when children came into the foster care system, we worked to reunite them with their families. Uh, and if that did not work out, then we found adoptive homes for them. Yeah. So... And that's what you went to school for? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. And long and short of it. So so you're doing that, are you getting burnt out? It it was hard to see it was hard to be able to do so much good, but to be able to see the same situation again and again. And yeah. there, there seemed to be no end. Where with the same people, or you just mean like even with different faces, it's different still the same. faces. Yeah. Different families, different I mean, throughout all those years, it just it sort of became repetitive 
and it was that that got a little hard that quit you know i imagine that would weigh on you i uh i forget about it until i start talking and i'm like oh my god i can't believe i did that like Like it's good someone uh, has to do it yes but that someone has to carry it yeah long story short man with stuff like that you got a shelf life or you're a lifer like you can either hang in there and be a great person or the compassion fatigue just gets you and you just yeah and i i didn't know where i was going to be but i was doing good and uh we started real small with the business and it got to the point where i'm like all right this could work yeah my wife gave me the green light and i was like i'm gonna step away from this and that was from the social work. Oh my gosh. From social work to woodworking was the oddest transition of my life. <laughs> it was so nerve wracking. Yeah. Is there any metaphor in there that you were helping to? No. Mold a lives? Lot, so many people thought I was joking. Yeah. It was like, it was not even passable with my boss. I was like, no, really? I do this thing and I'm, I'm going to go do that full time. I'm going to walk away from this. She's like, okay. <laughs> I just wouldn't believe that that's actually what I was doing. I believe she asked, like, what does your wife do? Like, she was a little concerned. Like, like are how you are you going to do okay? this? Like, yeah. is this going to? And how many kids did you have at the time? Oh, we just had the two. And now you have 18. Yeah, now it's like 23. Now <laughs> you have we four have, kids now. We have four kids now, yes. <clears throat> so, uh, but how was that to go from thinking about it and having an idea and an idea that you kind of started doing, but to make the choice that requires you to drop the security of your job. Yeah. That <laughs> I remember I I remember the first day after I quit my job and I went to our shop that was on C Street at the time and I walked in literally that day we had like no orders and we didn't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of paced. And I was like, "What in the living hell did I do?" <laughs> And like I, I think I just picked up some scrap wood and tried like figuring some stuff out. I was like, all right, I just need to go home, wrap my head around this. Uh, and then and then quitting my job was tough too because I knew I was in the if, for where I was at, I was in the best department with the best organization at the top of where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just gotten a raise like four months before. Yeah, and I was like, why am I? Why am I leaving? Uh, <laughs> Cause I have a dream. Follow the dream, you know. And, right. Uh, yeah, that was the nerves got me. I think I told you this too. I think I had I ripped my my letter to hand in, and when I pulled up to my office, I <laughs> I got real lightheaded and I threw up in my car. Like not a ton, but I definitely like leaned back and I just tossed on the floor. Wait, when you're to hand in your to hand in my letter of resignation, the floor of your car. Yes, like I totally we had. Uh, I had emailed my my director and I was like, hey, listen, I want to talk to you tomorrow. And she's like, is it about a case? I was like, no, 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 just something different. Uh, and she she wanted me to let her know then. I said, no, I want to talk to you in person. She's like, okay. That morning I pulled up and I just, yeah, it was, it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. And then it was the worst part was I went in there and I talked about it. Um, and everyone was like, oh, okay, well, awesome. you know. And I worked like a full eight hours and I had forgot that I didn't clean up anything in my this is not a great story but clean i didn't anything in your car i forgot about it and so i went back to my car and i opened up the door i was like holy jesus this is <laughs> so, wait, so wait, take me to that moment where you're like oh no i'm gonna do this and then you puke and then you just kind of clean up your mouth i a got little a little bit, i got a little then, white and you get flushed you know you feel like the blood like run out of you and you're like oh my god there's no coming back i'm definitely gonna throw up 
Yeah. And I just kind of like leaned forward and threw up between my legs on the floor and <laughs> spit. I got out and I had like a pop and I was rinsing out my mouth and spitting in the bushes of the parking lot. <laughs> All right. March forward. Here we go. <laughs> but that's a, that's um. I, I thought know. it was a sign. Don't do it. I seriously was like, this is yeah. it. This, I'm crazy and no one's told me. And this yeah. is me. I'm acting on my insanity right now. And this is my body telling me, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you basically enacted the metaphor. <laughs> yeah, I lived it out. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> Where people are like, <laughs> I was so nervous I could puke. You're no, like, I literally yeah, did. I puked. I did it. Um, so I, I am interested in those moments of those moments of like going to that scenario. And then that moment of like, it's like, it's the Jerry Maguire moment where he's yeah. like, who's coming with me? <laughs> Whatever. He's got the goldfish. Exactly, and then yeah. the quietness in the elevator of like, yeah. what have I done? Yep. What did I just do? That's you pacing around. It was rough. The original like. No, I remember that next day I, I put in, I had to give 30 days. And that next day, literally just going, what do I do now? Yeah. Now, we had a small plan, but, you know, nothing really goes according to plan. So we always had to, like, readjust and make changes. And, boy, I was like, whoa, nothing I thought was going to happen happened that first yeah. year, like, at all. And what was the first product you were making? Uh, we this started with the shaving brushes. And yeah. we had a pretty the – the thing that we had going for us is we fell into a really good retail uh, or wholesale category. So we were yeah. – we, at that time, you know, we were in – something like 60 stores nationwide. And I was really excited about wow. that. So I felt like, oh, well, every product we come out with, it's only going to go from here. Yeah. But I was maxed out on time. So I was like, well, right. obviously, you'd quit the job to make more time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And were you at, weren't you at the time the only ones manufacturing that? Yeah. So that was, we didn't know that either. But that was our, we were, I think actually our first year, we had a, we had someone approach us to buy brushes and they wanted to buy like 50 brushes. And at that point we had only made 10 total. Yeah. Um, so it was like, like, yes, this is it. Here we go. You know? Yeah. Then uh, that company told us that, yeah, we've been looking for over a couple weeks now for um, any American manufacturers of shaving brushes and you're the only ones. And we had no idea. So it yeah. was this thing of like, is this a huge thing? And we don't know how to, we're in the basement at the time. So I'm like, I have no idea how to leverage one lathe <laughs> and two yeah. guys that could do this to turn it into like we're, we're a nationwide company like there was no i felt like is that a big opportunity that's just going to crush us and after that like literally that was the last huge order that came in like that never again <laughs> we had like uh we had a couple stores that would order two three times a year from us because of that because they're yeah. like yeah you guys are american you guys are you know you use locally sourced wood and all that stuff and they like that but it was not this like windfall yeah, it was I intimidating think, to know that. Like, yeah, you guys make, you're the only American makers of this product right now. We were the only yeah. company. So there was, there was individual woodworkers that could do it. Oh, but yeah. But no one did it with a package and a label and a brand behind it. Right. And no one did it with a, that had it on a website that was available. Uh, well, yeah. And I think oftentimes in our imagination, everything is just stair steps. Oh, like, yeah. This is how it goes. Yeah. We got this order. Next time it'll be 100. Next time yep. it'll be 1,000. And you're like, well, that's how it's going to go. Great. Yeah. yeah, cool. Here we go. <laughs> nope. I don't think that is. No. Well, and we weren't ready for any of those logistics either. We didn't know how that was going to work out. And Right. I mean, I remember the first time I actually called on a company because we had had 
before that, we'd probably our first dozen or so retail contracts came in, people finding us. Yeah. And then there was a time we sent all these mailers, like 100 mailers to all these stores and like introducing ourselves. This is what we do. 1906 gents, contact us. And then yeah. we had a, a little action plan to follow them up. And I, my first company I called on was this like barbershop in Hawaii. Yeah. I did pretty good. <laughs> and I, I called up and I was like, I kind of had like a little speech prepared. Yeah. And this lady gets on the phone and just yells at an employee. Like, uh, like says, hold on. And just goes to yell at an employee. And I had I had nothing after that. I was like, "Hey, okay. we're the nineteen oh six gents. We make shaving brushes. You might have got our mailer." She's like, "Who is this?" <laughs> Never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, it was awkward, man. It was. It you was, pranked yourself. I had no clue how to sell ourselves. I had no clue about that side of it. It wasn't what I was good at, and it wasn't anything yeah. I really had a background in. <clears throat> we had to figure that out. Yeah, we're still figuring that out. So, let me ask you this: How was how was this um, relationally with your wife? Which well, sounds like she was supportive. Like, go for it. She's super supportive. Yeah. And then, in my experience, th- that's also true. And by virtue of going for it, it also adds strains. All the strains, every strain imaginable. It yeah. was uh, so. My wife is fairly intelligent. Like, she's a pretty dialed lady. Uh, yeah. Super professional. She she loves being a worker bee, and she excels at it. Uh-huh. Every job she has, she she climbs the ladder and gets in good positions. I was not so, and she knew I was wired for this, and she yeah. she encouraged this so much. I mean, she would read me quotes, and she would read stories on how people do it and how families do entrepreneurship. And she's like, mm-hmm. this sounds like us. I think we can do this. So, I mean, she awesome. really was like pushing me towards this yeah. because she she's like, you have these traits that these people have. Mm-hmm. If anyone can do it, you can. And I'm like, you can't hear that and not dream big. Right. And for the first two years, you know, we did not, I didn't, I didn't bring home a penny, and, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, she never, never once was like, hey, how about some money? Yeah. Never once. I mean, totally yeah. committed to it. Fiercely so. Um, and she's just very honest. Like, she'll slip it into conversations now. She's like, hey, so when are you going to start making some some better money with this? Now, like, now it's, like, really easy for her to be like, so listen, we need a lot of stuff done to this house. Yeah. When is that going to happen? Yeah. When can we see that happen? And I'm like, okay, Yeah. All right, I'll I'll get more serious. But it, the the worst thing is, is when she she is so supportive, she's so kind, and she she makes it her her job to be the support. Like she gets mm-hmm. that role that it's almost worse. Like I wish she would complain about it. Like I because <laughs> like if it doesn't work, I have zero excuses. I'm like, oh yeah, the old lady. You know, she had, she yeah. wanted me to quit. I had to go get nine to five. Like no, she supported me. Like so, if it fails, like. It's rare to have, I think, a spouse that is as supportive as she is. Yeah. Which lights way more of a fire under my butt than if she yeah. were, you know, giving me a timeline or an ultimatum. That seems like the opposite of strains, though. You mentioned strains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're saying it's that. <laughs> well, it's and... intimidating because Christmas comes around. Yeah. And I'm supposed to be, I, I, I feel that what I do needs to contribute a certain amount to our house. 
So when Christmas comes around, in my mind, I'm like, this is the woman that needs like the trip to London as a big surprise or yeah. like, you know, something in that. And we're not there. Right. And so that's the next year need to make it happen. That's yeah. the, that's the overall drive. And that, that adds a lot of stress. Yeah. 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 And you know, when I mean, she keeps having kids, so that also, how's that happen? <laughs> she keeps having kids. <laughs> Immaculately. So no, it that was, selfish. that was the, that was the craziest, that was the craziest thing is, I mean, she's a, uh, I'm a planner and she's, she likes to experience the moment. She yeah. lives in the moment. She's yeah. very, uh, she's crossed between a hippie and a hippie in a tent and our parents, you know, she just, she's, she's got a good status to her, yeah. but she's like, yeah, we'll make the best out of life as it happens. I am not that way. So she's yeah. like, Hey, I'm pregnant again. I was like, wow, where were we trying? Where are we going for it? She's like, no, but it's fine. <laughs> and Here we are. <laughs> yeah. And the pot of gold at the end of that rainbow was, it was twins that last go around. Right. And so we went crazy with her. And that was, that's the intimidation. Like here's this woman that like loves you appreciates you respects what you do appreciates the dream respects the dream mm-hmm. and you know we're, we're th- whatever throwing logs on the fire you know right <laughs> is that a euphemism i don't know it's probably a horrible one i don't think it is <laughs> logs being children oh the logs are the children i don't i don't know they, they, got, weird. Are- <laughs> they got weird i got weird i take it back <laughs> my kids are safe they're totally safe it's they're fine good, it's a good house they're fine it's a good home so um, but that's that's the stress. But that, you put pressure on yourself. That's the pressure. It comes yeah. from they're beautiful, and you want to do more for them. Yeah. And when you're loved and respected, and and you feel bad. Yeah. Like you can't not work now. Like you're in it too deep. Like it. It's got to right. work now. A re- Yes. Oh, I know that feeling. Yeah. And a regular job, you're like, oh, I didn't do much this week. All right. Yeah. Great. Exactly. Exactly. Every so often. And then this, you're like, I didn't do much. I didn't do much yeah, this exactly. week. Holy Stuff crap. needs to get done. When is it going to happen? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the, the work to ratio with the family too. Like, so right. if you do too much, then you <clears> don't have time with the family. Ironically, one of the driving forces for me to do my own thing was to spend more time with the family. If I spend more time with the family. Less money. I'm not making the money. Right. It's a rough one. That's a hard one to yeah. figure out. And, well, I mean, it just touches on the idea of like, left to my own devices. Oh, yeah. I would chase everything super hard. Mm-hmm. And that'd be worse for me. Yep. But in the times where I'm feeling that pressure, I can't understand that. Yep. I, I can, yeah, God, I can relate to that so much. It, it, it's the, <laughs> it's the drive and uh, where I shoot myself in the foot is if I let that drive go, I fill my plate up pretty quick. Yeah. And then I, I just do another layer on top of that plate. And then I have all these things that need to be done. Right. Because I can do them, but I confuse potential with ability. Oh, and, yeah. And I also that, confuse potential with how much time I have. Available. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Where there's like a lull, it's like, I need something else. Like a podcast i'm like how about i start a podcast (laughs) but it's part it's like you're using you're kind of using that muscle to be able to um to go for it but you have to be able to learn to 
turn it off as well. The, the temperance isn't something I've ever heard anyone talk about. Before I made the jump, I talked to so many people. I really, I took all these people in Springfield that I wanted to talk to had businesses that I respected. And I scheduled like lunch times with them. Mm-hmm. I want to sit down and talk about this. And they all had their own little system. It was all different. And I asked them a lot about like, what do you do? What, what's your work day look like? What, what are your holidays like? Are you with your family? You know, um, mm-hmm. what does your home life look like? And when it got to that, it was always like, well, uh, sure. You know, and, and a lot of them were going through like divorces at the time yeah. when I asked them. And it was really hard to contemplate that balance of it. The strain that it puts on the family isn't something I really wasn't fooling myself with. Yeah. But at the same time, I didn't understand how it was going to actually affect us. Well, it's hard to turn off. It's hard to turn things off. You can't turn it off because you turn it off and you stop working. And if you stop working, you're not doing anything. Yeah. And then you quit your job to do nothing. But there's also the like, I'm at my healthiest mentally when I'm like, things work out. I need to let things come to me. And there's this sense of like letting and like understanding that things work out. And then there's, I don't know. (laughs) I'm set, I feel like I'm, that's healthier for me, but then also what feels like often is healthiest for what I'm doing is that I'm always thinking, always thinking what the next thing is, oh always gosh, doing yeah. the next thing. And it's balance. I guess, I don't know. I'm just saying balance is hard. No, it balance temperance is the same thing. And that's like, well, what is, what is balance? Like I, I can handle a couple of different things. Like you made fun of me hard a couple of weeks ago because I said, Hey, I want to do a golf tournament. Yeah, a woodworking and, company puts on a golf tournament. <laughs> but it, to me, it makes sense. And for so many reasons that we don't need to get into. Right, but right. It, no, it I'm not sense. saying it doesn't. I'm but just saying it's hilarious. That was that was the wheel going. That was, I have 10 minutes. I'm eating a sandwich. What if I did this? Like, I yeah. can't turn that off. And yeah. even if it's just an idea and it doesn't go anywhere, <clears> it that feeds the next thing. Because yeah. then we started making putters. And then I made three golf putters. I'm like, this is great. You know what I mean? So it was like, you know, our, our thing is like, we want to make the things that you make memories around. So yeah. we make things you make memories around. Is that what, is that the glue between everything? Yes. So that could be anything. What do you, yeah. you know, I, we, I grew up, my dad taught me how to golf. So yeah, a putter. And, you know, I remember he bought me this custom putter. Made it for my height or whatever. You know, I'm a shorter guy, so basically, sure, sure. He, took, he took it somewhere and just had to cut in half. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> here's your butter, son. You're not growing. Uh, but you know, I was like, oh, that's that's really cool. So even if that idea got me there, it wasn't a waste of time. But I still flushed yeah. out. Yeah, true. That idea. Yeah, and yeah. It 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 was left filled for sure. Yeah, but maybe it wasn't. <laughs> well, back to to dads. Um. It would be, I, <laughs> I've had this sense, and you know I've said this before, it would be easy to go for things if you didn't care about being a good dad. Oh, yeah. If I didn't care. Yeah. And didn't like really, really want to be a great dad, it'd be simple. Yep. <laughs> simple. I mean, I'd still be stressed out. It'd be simple-ish. <laughs> but you're just like, oh, then I just occupy most of my time doing that. But also... I want to give 100% over here, too. Yeah, you can't. The, the, you can give 100% of your thought, but the action can't be carried out 100%. And like, yeah. that's the thing. It, you know, whatever, Steve Jobs had that, uh, that quote. I watched this like, old interview of him, and 
he was talking about largely about programmers, but he said, I would hate to see the guy that's trying to do this and raise a family. And it made like, it, that yeah. was like, that was like year three for me. And I was like, yeah, because <laughs> you're either, I don't you're either a dad or you're a dick or you probably can't swear in this. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the rules okay. are. Okay. Well, you're either a dad or you're not. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, I can't turn that off. If I'm home, my kids have no concept that dad's working. Yeah, and right. So they're they're and if I stop, or if I'm short with them, they're going to remember that. They're not probably going to remember that dad always let me sit on his lap. I mean, they're, it's just another day. Dad's being dad. Yeah. But they'll remember the negative easier. So. Isn't that frightening? It's horrible. Ah. It's horrible, and it's the stuff that'll eat you up at night. Along with, I got to provide for these bozos, and it has to be my dream that provides. I'm not getting up tomorrow and I can't, like you said, I can't go in and just have an off week. I'm still getting that paycheck. Right. If I have an off week. It shows immediately. Yeah. I, and, and there's, that's the stress. <laughs> that's the. Right. That's the, that's the anxiety. I well, mean, if you were 12% less funny, uh-huh. your days would be a little harder. We'll, we'll go 15 you're a pretty funny guy. If we knocked you down to 15% less funny, yeah. your job would be less fun, le- less hard, or uh, harder. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal clear. Crystal clear. Made perfect sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of it also is like you get down to like, I know that for me, my general stress is going to be, somehow I knew this like in my early 20s. I'm super idealistic as like, Man, these ideals are great. They're gonna really rub with reality wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I want to. The ideal is I want to chase my dreams. That's a great ideal. Ideal, great. The other ideal is I want to be the best dad in the history of dads. Yeah. And um, and then and so all of my all of my stresses are like I want to be. I want to only be kind to people. Also, this person really. F me, yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, it pisses me off. <laughs> so the so the intersection of of ideals that don't match up yeah. is my general stress, which is neither here nor there. But I think when I'm dealing, when I'm in this world where I'm like I'm in a world of chasing dreams, of like going for it, that's an ideal. I know that that causes me undue stress. Whereas if I was in a job, yeah. regular old job, um, I'm not chasing my dreams. Um, I would. Right. I wouldn't have that as much, but at the same time, I used to do that, and I'm yeah. like, I should be chasing my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you can't. You also can't lose <sighs> it in traffic either. Like, you can't make the front page news as the maniac that that lost it in a supermarket. You're <laughs> that wouldn't done. be good. Right, that wouldn't be good. Uh, going back to Alec Baldwin does though. Yeah, all the time. He keeps going. Yeah, that's because <laughs> he was in Glengarry Glen Ross. True. You got that behind you. You can do yeah, whatever you want. Thirty Rock. Yeah. Yeah, Thirty Rock. God, I love Thirty Rock. So. Uh, you're talking about the dad thing when, when the, when the twins came, they came early, premature, and they were in the NICU for a long time. And on top of that, no, this is no lie. Like, uh, something went horribly wrong with the plumbing in our house. One of our cars just up and died and Megan had to have an extended stay in the hospital too. (laughs) So the kids, of course, in school. So I'm, I'm bringing them to school taking our one car, going and visiting my wife that's still at the hospital, mm-hmm. and our kids are in two separate rooms. Our twins are in two separate rooms in the NICU and trying to, like, go in and hold them and be with them 
during the first couple weeks mm-hmm. of their life. And going back, going to my shop to work and thinking, do I just need to shut this down right now? Right. Like it was so stressful. And it was weird because my wife, through all this, having having just had twins mm-hmm. in general, giving birth, number one, but under the conditions she did. And like, yeah, I'm going back to work uh, as soon as I can, you know, just because uh, mm-hmm. she likes to work. I'm like, if there's a sign, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I can edit that out or not. Leave it I in. Lost it's my fine. Breath. Gives it a touch of reality. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> really real. <laughs> Bordering on unprofessional. So real. God. Anyway. No. Yeah. Coughing while your wife's in the hospital. Like of all times, it'd have been better if I was getting a little choked up. Like if I started yeah. crying a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so your wife's in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's time for the mid-show sponsor break. Who we got this time, Jeff? Well, Jeff. We have the E-Factory. It works with entrepreneurs, business leaders, startups, and creators to help make Springfield, Missouri the best place in America to start a business. So whether your company is still just a dream or you're in the thick of starting and growing your venture or you're interested in meeting the people behind Springfield's amazing small businesses, the E-Factory is where you want to be. When you're ready to make something, they're ready to help. Also brought to you by 1906 Gents. You've been hearing about them in this very podcast. It's Springfield's own custom design wood shop, offering custom furniture and build-outs for your home or office and more. The 1906 Gents will work with you to create one-of-a-kind, unique, quality wood pieces that will stand for generations. The 1906 Gents offers a wide range of woodworking and design services in addition to their own line of furniture and home decor. The 1906 Gents, we build the things you make memories around. All right, let's get back to making some memories with Dante. You're going into work. Yeah. No, it just I had to, I had to think if there's a time to shut down, it's this. Right. And my wife's like, no, don't shut down. Why would you shut down? I'm like, well, and I'm like listing what's yeah. going on in our life right now. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, basically at that time, the business was at the time of the year where we're not selling a bunch. It was the beginning yeah. of the year. And we're just putting money into the business. Whatever comes into the business stays in there. So it wasn't reaping anything either. It was just a cost to me. And uh, that was the, okay, man, maybe life just shuts it down for you. And I didn't, and the thing that sucked was, you know, I'd, I'd kind of, we had some close friends move out of town that year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I lost one of my best friends that year too. So I I had the support group Mm -hmm. that really was around me that I didn't have then either. And on top of that, then I'm this kind of, recluse just being with my family nonstop and dealing with it completely on my own that stuff i didn't know was going to happen i didn't know there's going to be times where yeah you just have to make a call yourself and it affects every other aspect of your life literally every other aspect i didn't know what to do i mean so i'd be i'd be at the hospital sometimes and i'm looking at job postings like Mm -hmm. what could i do if i needed to do it tomorrow yeah because i had no clue i just had to like look at all of the options and so there was this thing that we built that <laughs> I built in the basement on out that I spent all this time. And, and that's really the most important thing. You take all this time of your life and you pour it into something. And then you have to go, maybe I need to walk away 
Right. That sucked. And it, it still sucks because I don't think that's the last time my life will ever take a turn or right. anybody's for that matter. And it's really, that's the question is how do you know when you need to walk away? Right. And I think if anyone doesn't ask that, for what it's worth, coming from me, you probably really idealistic and you're not really grounded in reality, especially yeah. if you have a family. Yeah, you yeah, need yeah. to be able to think, at what point do I need to go, cool, we're done here. Right, because it's either, I thought of this when I was living in LA, thinking of um, the people out there that have been doing it for years, acting for years. Yeah. And um, I realized that like you can do it for 10 years and then you get your break and it's like, wow, that guy had perseverance. Yeah. And you could do it for 15 years and never get a break. Yeah. And it's like, that guy was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that was a crazy person. So you somewhere what, between perseverance right. and crazy. And you What's don't know. the difference? Yeah. I don't know what the difference is. That it works out? You're crazy if it doesn't work, I think is the only qualifier there. If it doesn't work, you're crazy for trying. And, and stories are only ever told looking back where it's like, oh, yeah. I didn't, I, yeah, I worked, I, I went to auditions for 10 years and never really got anything. Yeah. And then something worked out and it was great. Yeah, but I want to talk to you in year eight when it hasn't worked. Yeah. Talk to me during the uh, bologna sandwiches for three weeks phase. Right. That's the guy I want to talk to. Yeah. He's got the most wisdom. I am not that interested in success. No. It's not it's no, we've interesting. Talked about, and I agree with that because what's, <clears throat> what's success? It's different. And whenever you look back on it, you get to define it. You get to frame yeah. it however you want once you have it. But yeah. before you have it, what is the definition? Yeah. I think, I don't know, because we're all like, we're all clamoring for success. I'm, I'm the same way. But like, I don't think you learn anything from success, really. No, it's the years before. Yeah. When you get success, you, you know, you're, you're kind of in that dumbass if you're not thinking about <clears throat> what the next level of success is for you, too. Like, yeah. I can't imagine hitting, like, we, we did that Kickstarter and we got funded. I felt like a million bucks for exactly 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. And then I went, what do I do now? Like, they, obviously, we have to make this. We have to mail these things out. We have to yeah. keep good rapport. We have to keep that email list. We have to block. And I started writing down what we were doing the next three years right after because I realized, oh, when it works, you have to stay on top of it then. Yeah. And that was, that was a different thing. When it started working, it was, like, becoming this, like... <clears throat> quasi-operational thing year three i was like yeah. oh oh okay okay i can't stop you you can't actually st- it's like There's the building, hamster building, the building that oh, is maintaining yeah. yep <laughs> and it's like i'm doing the same exercise here yep so that gets us back into your story so you launch um brawl soap yeah um with the success of a handsome video yes very handsome very <laughs> handsome gary's a very talented man well, yeah. i was well, the, blessed video, to have him in the video yeah yeah, yeah. gary billions um, maybe if I think about it, I'll play the video right here. This is Gary. Gary is a man. He enjoys noble pursuits. He has the primal palate of a man. He's cultured and well-traveled. Yes, Gary is a man. And he just wants to shave his f***ing face.
but also fight your day, not your face. so right. good um so, i was so inspired i loved everything about that i it was super cool and so so you made this video the kickstarter works you've decided to launch soap yeah um how did you decide to launch soap the we'd been asked a long time like oh you guys make brushes you make soap nope we're woodworking we tried to go that this like artisanal was mm-hmm. bigger than man you know handmade stuff and we got asked for soap and and at the time there was two other guys with me um, great guys, and you know their their focus was no. We got let's just stay with this vein. Yeah, and I think they were right. You know, completely. I was like, hey, let's do whatever works. <laughs> you know, yeah. like let's. Uh, <clears throat> so, anyways, the soap came. Like, hey, a lot of people request it. I started looking into it, um, and then I was like, ah, it's not for us. And my wife just just wakes up when, when she was pregnant with the twins. Actually, she was taking a little cat nap during the day, and she's like, why don't you make soap? What's stopping you? She's like, wouldn't that just bring in more traction, more, more attraction mm-hmm. from other sides. And we came up with this idea for brawl soap in five minutes. And then I went back and researched it more. I found suppliers, quality ingredients, everything like yeah. within the next 20 after that, I was like, Oh my gosh, let's do this. Uh, and the idea was, you know, multiple streams of revenue yeah. ultimately, but also how to bring more traffic to the site. And if we could do a series of videos, or or just a video with this commercial style, that would that would bring it in, um, and it, it worked really really well, and it was a lot easier than working on a table saw. Yeah. And, you know, I think the first batch of five hundred soaps I made was in the I watched a Grateful Dead documentary, and I had a yeah. couple beers, and I made the first five hundred that way. And I was like, this is a lot easier <laughs> than yeah. working. I should have done soap. <laughs> Soap's where it's at. Should have been a soap guy. <laughs> no, I mean, but it's that it's that part <clears throat> where you you're you're that part of your brain doesn't ever shut down. What can I do more? What what else can I add to it? What other things will make this work? Um But no, we did that and we got insanely busy with it afterwards, and then we literally had to shut it down. I had to shut it down because I just couldn't do it with the twins there. Like I could not do that. And luckily I had some, uh, some support at the time. Uh, people, you know, were willing to help us out. I don't want, it feels weird to call them employees, but cause they're people I knew, you know? Yeah. Uh, but they came on and they they helped us fulfill our orders and, and make the products from there for a while. And it worked really well. Um, which is easier to sell soap than some of the other things we have. So the like, soap was selling better in barbershops, but then the brushes and our, our other uh, handmade wood items were not uh, in the retail stores because like, they had a higher price tag. Right. But the soaps were like, yeah, keep making that. What else do you have in the soaps? And I'm like, I can't become a soap company after we've done all this. Yeah. <laughs> for like, you know, I'm sitting on like all this, all, you know, this basically this wood shop now. Yeah, and I'm like, if soap is the thing that takes me there. <laughs> Wait, do you, I don't even know. Do you still make it? We still do. Yeah. Oh, we just we actually just sold a bunch of units this Christmas. Um, and I, I said I wasn't going to, but one of our retailers called us up and said, "What do you have left? I'll buy it." Yeah. And I was like, I don't have anything left. He's like, What can you make? And we did, and it, it felt great. But at the same time, I'm like, it was so much so much time away from the concentration that we wanted to have. Like we set yeah. our goals and it was just this other thing. 
um, we also made like a body bar this last year. Yeah. And we wanted to launch it and we wanted to do another video. And I'm like, no, because of how much time it took just to do the shaving video and what the aftermath was. I'm like, I really, I, I can't work any more than I am right, right now. Right. Have you thought of like spinning it off and having someone else run it? No. I guess that's what people do. I I I talked to one couple about selling it to them. Yeah. And I realized how quickly I was out of my depth on what it takes to sell a company or a brand. And I was like, (laughs) okay, I guess I can't do this because I don't know what you guys are saying. I can't do this and I don't understand what it takes to sell it. (laughs) Yeah. I think if they would have slid me like five hundred bucks, I'm like, yeah, sounds good. I guess here here it is. Here's it. Uh, no, there's that's the thing too. I'm always finding out how much I don't know. Yeah, and I don't I don't like that fake it till you make it. So I'm really <clears throat> honest with people. Like, no, I don't understand what you're saying to me. Like, right, I can't contemplate what you're saying. They're like, I thought you owned a business. I'm like, yeah, I know, but it's not what you're talking about. We had uh, one person early on that wanted to invest in us, and it was at that time what I felt an insane amount of money for what we did. Yeah, and. Part of me was like, don't tell him you work in your basement. Don't tell him you work in your basement. Yeah. And then I looked at him. I was like, you need to know that I work in my basement. And that everything <laughs> you said to me about the next 10 years, I don't understand. <laughs> Did they take the offer away? Uh, no, they left it there. I had to walk away from it. Because yeah. it was so intimidating. I just did. And it, it wasn't like insane money. Yeah. But for me, it was because we had just started. And I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know what that other side looked like. And I'm like, if this happens, I'm ill-prepared to take that next step. Would you take it now? Same offer? God, I don't know. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Working with someone else, uh, too, is the other thing. Like, I think that enough teachers wrote on my report card does not work well with others yeah. that it should have stuck before I started my own business. <laughs> <laughs> I work fine for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think I take money and have someone else be able to call the shots. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I could do it. I feel like you're giving up too much. That's the whole point of starting something, right? <laughs> Is that you're doing it? Right, right. But then you're like, capital would be nice. Yeah, operating capital would be great to start off a year with a bunch of operating capital. Yeah. So, but that brings us to the thing I like that you talk about, which has been thematic through this. Yeah. Is being honest with doubt. Oh, yeah. And like, because like I said, I, I get tired of success stories and I get tired of stories looking back. I'm more interested <laughs> in people in the middle yeah. that are like, I don't know. Oh my God, Should dude. I quit this? Oh, I'm in the middle. Am I the biggest fool ever for yeah. doing this? No. I don't know. Yeah. I think I, I got so used to thinking that way yeah. the, over the past two years that I now question anybody that doesn't. Yeah. Like anybody who's like, yeah, we're going to start this and it's going to kill it and crush it. I'm like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you have no clue what's about to hit you. You need life to give you some you doubts. You need life. Life needs to kick you in the balls a couple times <laughs> and then you're going to understand how this works. Uh, I, I'll say this. I'm jealous of nobody that makes it. I'm, I, I really, I champion when I see other people go for, further. I, I'm like, yeah. yes, man, they're doing it. Like, yeah. keep doing it. Keep on yeah, it yeah, now. Yeah. But like the super doubt right now is, you you set goals and you don't want those goals to be the same goals you have the next year. Right. Because that means you didn't do anything. Yeah. And right now, I mean, personally, just one with just the kids on my plate. Like, 
I can't leave them. I, it's it's awful. I think I've talked to you too about like sometimes I have to work at night, and I will. We we come home and and we'll do dinner, and the kids are they start talking about their day, and I'm like I can't go work, I can't. Yeah. Because this is my time with the kids. Like literally, I can't do this. Yeah. Well, then that turns into two three weeks, uh-huh. and you've sacrificed a lot of time, and you're like, what am I doing? And I'm like, is this just like, have I just not said quit? Did I miss my opportunity to say quit? Did I miss my chance to get off the train? And should I have uh-huh. done it a while ago versus am I still in this weird phase of pursuing the dream? Yeah. It, it, and am I too old for it? Right. Oh, my God. Should Age I, yes. Should I be, would it be wiser of me Yeah. to um, stop it? <laughs> well, and, and then you have... What am I going to say in the next 10 years? Should I have quit? Should I have quit earlier? Right. Should- yeah, the, yeah, the fear is like when you looking back yeah. like you'd say that you'd say I knew I should have quit 3 years ago but yeah. I didn't. If yeah. I go back yep. and tell myself and just quit that. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, no. Am I in that? Yep. Am I in that right now? <laughs> am I in it? Because I have doubt? Yeah. I don't know. No, that's the thing and it if you I don't even want to say it like I'm preaching. I'll say it just about myself like if I don't ask that question, I don't think I'm being honest with myself. That's pretty good. Are you, do you, like, I doubt, I tend to doubt everything. I'm mostly, mostly generally in my life about everything. Feel 51% one way. <laughs> <laughs> and I just realized that, that I'm just going to feel that way yeah. about most everything. That's the I'm worst though, because that's torn. not, that's not a tipping point. Right. 51 doesn't, like, oh, well, there it is. 51. You're like, is oh. 51 enough? Oh, that's the inside of my brain, the yeah. entirety of my life. <laughs> Just always like, yeah. I don't know, should I? There yeah. was this one winter, my family always jokes about it, where um, my parents got me a brown coat and a black coat for Christmas. And yeah. I had to decide between them. <laughs> and it took me an agonizing <laughs> month. It took me a month. I was like, I don't know. I sure. don't know. What's better? So I realized for myself that I just tend to, I tend is doubting is just part of my nature. So then I can be like, well, I, I, that's kind of how I am. But when I people come it. to you for advice, do you tend to like be able to give it freely, or are you just like, I don't know, I don't know myself, or are you like, oh, well, just just try something. If it doesn't work, try something else. Because oh, it's easy to say for somebody else, but if you're yourself, you're like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I have lots of thoughts, yeah. no solid advice. <laughs> <laughs> Probably if someone someone would be like, those are good thoughts. That's, that's advice. You I appreciate just say that. Yeah, advice. Yeah. But I'm like, all of my all of my advice is regarding. Oh, you have doubts. It's okay to have doubts because it's all I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if all the advice we give to other people is yeah. just the advice we want to hear. Have you? I have had this, and I don't know what to do <clears throat> when it happens. And I think I blame social media because on social media you can look bigger than you are, right? And accidentally so sometimes. So people are like, oh man, are you guys hiring? And I'm like, are we are we hiring? <laughs> no, I'm trying to feed my family. You ignorant! <laughs> trying to take food off my table? Don't ask me that question. Not, I'm not trying to pay you to do what I'm doing. What are you Get talking? Get out of my about? office! Leave me! Leave me! I don't have an office, Sir Ed Perkins. <laughs> Leave me! I'm your waiter. <laughs> no, but we've had like people come up and say big things. I've had people come up and say like, I really appreciate what you're doing. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm at Lowe's with four of my kids right now trying to remember why I'm here. I'm surviving. <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing? You're, but you're doing better than me. What kind of I'm car do you have? You, got, you probably have a nicer car I'm than me. Do, I'm t- 
I'm doing about a quarter of my gas right now, buddy. <laughs> what are you sort of doing? Uh, but I don't, I don't want to ever lie about that. Right. Like, and I think it is, I do blame in, Instagram and I do blame uh, some of these things. Cause we have these wonderful shots of our shop and it's fun and all the things we do. And people get keyed up like, Oh man, is, is it great to work every day? I'm like, it's great to work like the five months of the year I do work. Yeah. And then the other years I just think <clears throat> I should be working. <laughs> like that's, what's right. great. But I mean, you know, I, I do want to like unload, especially when the, the, the twins were like a year old. Cause I was, I was at home all the time. And then I, I, I had to shut down just so much just to stay home with the kids at the yeah. twins and just, just take care of that. Be a stay home dad mostly. And then slowly got back to work. And even then, it wasn't like our, our retail side. I just I just took on like custom stuff only, and over the last two years, that's all I did. And I like I went back and I went to a lot of like um, woodworking schools and clinics and uh, even some like online forums and just wanted to like refine what we did and how we did it. And uh, my my now business partner is you know he's just given a lot of advice about like if we're not going to do it right, we're not going to do it. Well, that takes a lot of time. Right. And so we've, and I've talked to you, like I've just been making like everything I can over the past two years, but I couldn't have, I couldn't have thought to say, all right, what I need to do now in the business or, or had the luxury to do so mm-hmm. to say, I'm going to, I'm going to bow out, spend some time with the family, really think about where we're going to go. Think about what I need to be doing with the business. Think about it's right for me and work on my craft at the same time. Yeah. I couldn't have known that I need that. And I still don't know that it's good because I'm asking right. same questions now of, well, are, are we going to, are we going to do it again? We're going to get back on that horse or, you know, what, what's going to happen? Uh, but then there's this weird thing that happens too, like with the kids, like my <clears> kids <throat> don't, they understand what I do, but they don't know that I can't do everything. Yeah. So there's this like superhero complex, like Zane's right. like, can we build this? I'm like, that's a house, son. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> no, that's not all what dad does. Yeah. You know, uh, and my daughter, like she's always asking for tools. She wants to be part of everything I do. So to quit also in a very weird emotional way is to quit their ability to dream that Ooh. it can work. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got what are, how many kids? Four times two. That's eight sets of eyes or eight eyes. Yeah. I don't know. And insane. I have an audience that watches everything I do. I can't sleep in bed. I can't stay in bed past 7.30 because dad sleeps in bed. He doesn't go to work every day. No, I got to get up. I got to do stuff because they're watching. Yeah. And they see everything. Oh, my God, they see everything. Yeah, that's interesting. But if dad quit. Yeah. Right. uh, I don't know. Where does that end? What's the downside to quitting? Yeah. What What are you telling? Hey, it gets too hard. Just stop. Right. Shit, I can't say that to him. <laughs> right, because you're both, you're both like, I need to balance being a good dad yeah. here, time, and then also you add in the counter element of like, okay, but if I do that, yeah. then they're going to see me quit. Absolutely. <laughs> Remember when dad had a soul and he was happy? Yeah. Now he's working in an office and he hates everything. We want the old dad back. We didn't have any money, but we want that old dad back. That's uh, what I think. That's where I see it. It's pretty good. That's horrible. What I ought to do is I ought to go get a steak and a couple slices of bologna, <clears throat> put them on the table, cook them both a little bit. Be like, kids, what do you want to eat? And whatever they pick is the decision. Right. We can afford steak if I go back to social. 
<laughs> also, also the alternative is being a social worker, yeah, which is not known for being a super high salary job. Oh God! But oh, it's it's crippling. You could afford steak. We could afford steak. No, I, I think about steak. that because before I started doing this, I was mostly worked in nonprofit. Yeah, and like so, I took a year moving moved to LA and kind of went for it, and then moved back, and I was looking for jobs, and I was like, oh. These don't pay very much. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I was like, oh, this is just the same as I was doing before. No. Is there a, an opportunity to make more? And then it's like, maybe this, maybe this is actually wiser, even though it's not in front of me. Yeah. But there's more potential. Not that it's all about money by any means, but you ever look around? Uh, and you, it, it's not sorry, not about. No, it's not not about money. Right, it's not not about money. Yeah. Yes. 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 I own my own business. Do you make any money? No. Well, you don't own your own business. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always say I still work in nonprofit. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, do I ever think what? Um, I don't remember where I was going. Oh. <laughs> but it's true. Like you, I, I, and I hate I hate talking about money, but at the same time. I view things differently now than I did before because it was it was a it was a constant you know the paychecks coming every two weeks yeah and now it's no we we make we set our goals sales goals we hit those goals we don't hit them we get that lump it comes in we budget based on that like that's yeah. that's how you run a house to do what we did and if we're talking about houses and personal life which I can't separate the two now like before right. it was like oh there's this dream it'll be a business and It'll be kind of this anomalous thing that I do, but no, it's it's not like it's it's part of it's ingrained in our our family's fabric, you know. Everyone knows what dad does, you know. Yeah. Uh, that that inconsistency with a family is is hard, and that that was kind of the hardest thing. You mean the financial inconsistency? Well, yeah, yeah, financial inconsistency for sure. And then when all the work does come in, you go, well, "You guys are going to see me for four weeks. I'm gone." Oh, right. Too like that's it. Yeah. I, I have to do this. Yeah, I have this deadline. Yeah. And then like that's the other thing too. You talked earlier about like is your wife supportive? Yes, she is. It, you know, and then we had four kids. It's like yeah. So just feed them, bathe them, and get them in bed, babe. I'll see you like at ten when I get back. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, you know, and she handles it fine. Like she can do it. But can and should are two different things. And I, I think that's probably my biggest doubt right now is can and should. I can yeah. do this for forever, really. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I can. Should I? What do you base that on? What are your qualifiers? Right. You know, is it your metric, your goals for what you wanted to do? And you think about like, like being a father really makes you think of your own father. Yes. And like, I was like, my dad was a college tennis coach. Traveled quite a bit with it. Yeah, I don't have any sense. Like if I'm comparing my life where I, tr- I travel some yeah. for work, I don't have any sense if I travel more or less than he did. Um, it's just funny. Like you get, you get really concerned about these things um, in terms of like our perspective of wanting to be a good dad. Right. And then I'm sure my dad was concerned with the same things. Is and it invisible the to time, the kids? Like, do they even see it? At the same time, I'm like, maybe there's some things I wish you had done differently, but like overall, like, awesome. I yeah. loved it. It's great. Yeah. 
Well, because the kids are in school most of the day, too. So they're yeah. not thinking about you. They're not like, oh, dad's out there working. True. They're like, <laughs> I got to get to lunch. You know, recess was hard. Billy was an idiot today. You know, I mean, that's they their life. They their own life. And they do. They do have their own life. And we think about it because you're the provider, because they're your kids. So yeah. you're constantly in that framework. But like, my kids, how was your school? How was your school day? Fine. What'd you do? I don't know. I genuinely believe them. I don't think they know what they did in school. I don't think so they I don't think, I don't think yeah. they're getting what I'm doing anyways. Yeah, it's true. But then there's those other stuff. Like the other day I took my daughter golfing. We went to the, the golf course and um, she she has her own set of clubs and it was the real golf course. I've never taken her there. Yeah. I was like, you maybe can hit one or two. No big deal. She hits and she starts hitting really good. And we played eight holes together and she stayed in the fairway like most of the time i was so impressed with her i couldn't believe yeah. it and she's hit and she's like is this good i'm like are you kidding me john this is awesome and it's like there's then there's this breakthrough moments and i went home and the first thing i thought was i i didn't spend time doing a, a project uh-huh. but i wouldn't have given that up for that but the business allowed me to go and do that. You know what I mean? They're, they're, yeah. It's, it's, there's never going to be a... I guess what I'm saying is there's never going to be a time in my life I feel where the chips are all stacked in one category and it's more than 51% to 49%. It's always yeah. going to be that ratio and you have yeah. to make a call and then you have to trust yourself, which I think yeah. sucks. I wish yeah. somebody else told me what to do because if I have to trust myself, I had to trust myself to get here. Right. Maybe I could have been somewhere better or worse I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, that's a good. That's the unknown. Like, you, yeah. you you do have to just call it. I guess I have to just call it. At least I'll, I'll talk about me and yeah. my little situation. I have no. to. Ju- I have to just make up the decisions, and and that's what I'm doing. That's the funny thing about adulthood, where you're like, yeah, it sucks. Oh, I guess I'm the one that's supposed to know things, but yeah. I don't know anything. Yeah. You look around the room and you realize, oh, well, I'm supposed to make this call. It's me. Yeah. Shoot. I saw in print the other day some article about the mystery hour. And it said uh, the 40-year-old host. And I was like, 40? Yeah. I guess I am. I Who am. is 40? Oh, my God, I am. I thought I'd feel different. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's a good way to end this uh, podcast episode. Were we taping? Where we, yeah, we were taping the whole time, man. Okay. And the theme was doubt. I think we got there. (laughs) I don't think you and I can go anywhere else. All right. Well, thanks for joining me. No problem, man. It was good. It was good stuff. Thanks for uh, letting me talk about doubt for an hour. (laughs) Thanks for this. I talk about 24 hours a day for myself. It's fine. Well, there you have it. Some talk about doubt and balance. Chasing a dream is great, but it's pretty worthless if you aren't also being intentional about the like present life you have. If you want to see more of Dante's work, check out the 1906gents.com or their social media. Make something where you are as audio engineer is Colton Jackson. Also, podcast music provided by Darren King. This is Jeff Houghton in the Make Something City, Springfield, Missouri, reminding you that you can make something where you are. <laughs>